Welcome to the Web3 Music Podcast. I'm Jake Abel, and I'm here to explore the different intersections of music, entertainment, crypto, and NFTs. Each episode, I interview an artist, creator, or builder who's pushing the envelope in music NFTs, artist tooling, community building, and more. Today, I'm talking with Jaden Violet, an independent artist with his own token-gated community and several music NFT releases. We spoke about his background in music and transition into Web3, his NFT project, The Violet Token, and other NFT drops, how to find and engage collectors, metadata and discoverability on chain, and more. I hope our conversation teaches you something new today. Here is Jaden Violet. Jaden, thanks again for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Episode one, I'm pretty excited. Why don't we start, you just introduce yourself, you know, give me your background in music, how it led to where you're at today, and then how you got into crypto slash Web3. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been I've been making music for about five, six years, and it's really crazy to say that because looking back at it, it's it's really been that long. You know what I mean? Every single day, just releasing music every single week, uh, trying to get it heard, whether that was on Instagram, TikTok or whatever the case may be. I'm just trying to get my music heard. You know what I mean? Um, I started off, you know, pursuing business uh, coming from an Indian household. I was, you know, really set on that path just because that's what kind of like the expectations were around me, whether it was my uncles, my parents, uh, my friends, even, you know what I mean? A lot of my peers were going down that road. So of course I was influenced by them subconsciously to um, pursue going down that business route. So I got into college, I went to Rutgers University for business and I ended up dropping out after the third semester because that's kind of when my love for music really took over. It was always brewing, but um, that's kind of when I decided, okay, I need to commit to this because it's not a it's not a financial thing, but it's a happiness thing. And if I really want to achieve that, I need to I need to do what I think is going to make me happy for, um, you know, not three years down the line, but 20 years down the line uh, doing something every day. So I ended up leaving um, and I just really started to pursue music. You know what I mean? And it's been a, a very long time and, and not to make this completely long winded, because if I actually talk about this in depth, I can go on for hours and hours. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, man, you know, I've been trying to get my music heard. And then, like I was saying before, I'm from New Jersey, uh, Central Jersey to be specific. And there's not really much of a music scene here. You know what I'm saying? Of course, there's blimps and, and glimpses of of people who are, you know, involved in the art who, are, you know, I come across with in the local communities. But when we really talk about the underground music scene, when we talk about places like Atlanta or even, you know, Brooklyn or LA, you know, they have an established underground scene. And specifically in Central Jersey, it's it's almost very non-existent. You know what I mean? And I was talking to I was talking to Maruf earlier today, who's this insane artist who's from North Jersey. And even in North Jersey, you know, it's very small. Even he had to go to Brooklyn a lot of the times just to get that kind of feel for, you know, being around other artists, being around other creatives. And I guess all of that kind of fostered into my experience in Web3 because I've never really had the ability to connect with other people. Uh, specifically musicians. And that's what I've always wanted to do. So when I really left college and I started to pursue this, I was just by myself in my bedroom. And of course, I saw those little, you know, those spikes of what could have been something for my musical career, whether that was, you know, someone using my song on an Instagram soccer video and that blowing up or, you know, one of my TikTok videos blowing up and that becoming my most streamed song. But at the end of the day, nothing really led to sustainability. So, you know, fast forward a couple a couple years and I joined the Web3 space at the end of 2021 in December, and um, it was honestly a result of my mistakes in the past. Why nothing ever worked for me um, was something that I was really looking at myself for, and 
And it was me coming to that realization that I had the opportunity to be early in many things in my life. Um, you know, whether that was YouTube, the most notable thing I would say is when Musical.ly first turned into TikTok, if I was posting five things every single day, who knows what type of platform I would have gained? Who knows what type of community I would have fostered? But I just didn't take that initiative and I didn't execute on my awareness. Same thing with NFTs as a whole. I had the opportunity to mint a board ape back in May. I believe that's when they were minting. And it was about $800 at the time, literally staring right in front of me, you know, on my laptop. And I tried connecting my wallet. I tried purchasing it, dude. It, it, it was wild. And I had an error. You know, my bank account wasn't letting it through because still to this day, bank you know, the banks block a lot of crypto transactions. And, you know, I had to call them and and tell them it was a, it was a good transaction. And it was, it was just too much. I got frustrated and I closed my laptop and I'm like, I'll worry about this later. And I've been saying that with, you know, a bunch of NFT things. And of course, of course, you know, lo and behold, the cheapest board ape now is 250,000. So it's like, you know, I'm kicking, kicking myself every day, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And December came along and end of 2021. And that's when I ended up getting COVID. So this was the second time I got COVID. Second Christmas in a row, I got COVID. You know what I mean? So I was like, damn, I'm going to be stuck in my room. Let me actually do my 100 hours of research about this entire NFT space, about this, you know, this headline that I've, I've been seeing circulating the entire ecosystem um, on Instagram is where I was at most of the time and even on TikTok for months. And I decided to actually do my research. Um, I discovered this thing called music NFTs. You know, first time I saw it was when I saw a record sell for $10,000 under two minutes on a platform, Sound XYZ. And I thought it was mind-blowing. I thought it was absolutely insane. Um, my highest streaming song is about 100K, but that grossed me about 250 to $300. So I would need to get 100,000 streams every single week just to get $250 every single week, which is less than minimum wage. So when I saw that, it was... Um, it was absurd, you know, and I feel like monetary values are never enough to convince someone to to really commit to something. But when someone said that I've never gotten this much interaction on my art before is when I've really dove deep into the space and just been going 100%, you know, ever since then. And I've been seeing a lot of progress, which is uh, beautiful, meeting a lot of dope people, including yourself, which is why we're here, you know, just because of this space, which is uh, it's super cool. But yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Cool, man. That's that's quite a journey. Um... So after you were done doing all this research, like that you spent, you know, December 21 diving into music NFTs, you sort of get a feel for how the space is operating, you know, what different artists are doing. Uh, where did you go from there? I know you have uh, you have your your project out. Um, what's it called again? Violet Token. Um, was that did you like sort of start organizing that right after December or like how did you jump in after you sort of got a feel for the space? Yeah, it was it was definitely weird because my entire perspective on networking kind of changed as I got into Web3. I remember getting into the space and literally every single person that I interacted with was like, you need to mint an NFT. You need some sort of proof of sales, you know, proof of history, something in order to move forward, whatever that looked like for that person in the space. But I just didn't think that that was the way in order to be successful in this space specifically. I wanted to take a different approach, and this was the approach I thought I was taking uh, for the four or five years I've been making music, but I, I, in reality, I wasn't. And that was just really providing as much value as I can to literally every single person that I connect with. And yeah, I mean, I thought I was doing that for all those years I've been making for, uh, you know, making music, but I wasn't really providing value. 
And I wanted to completely switch my approach when I got into the Web3 space. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're familiar with Gary Vee, it's it's his approach of, you know, jab, 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 right hook. And I've been following Gary Vee for a long time, way before he ever mentioned NFTs. And, you know, I'm a big believer in everything that he says, but I never really took his advice and executed on it until Web3. So I was like, okay, bet everyone's telling me to mint an NFT. I'm not going to mint a single NFT. I'm not going to sell anything. I'm not going to promote myself, aka shill myself to anyone. I'm just going to join the community, make relationships with people, and keep my head down and just keep providing value. You know, I started to join different communities. I started to go to the individuals in those communities. And I was like, what can I do for you? You know, your music is dope, but do you need cover art? Do you need mixing, mastering? You need help doing a Twitter space, any of that. And I just continued to do that with every single person I interacted with and didn't drop anything. And then ever NFT project was the Violet Token, which dropped on April 5th. And I've had many NFT ideas leading up to the Violet Token, but I never really executed on them because I was talking to my friend Carla and they were like, you know, if there's no supply, you know, why be, I mean, if there's no demand, why be the supply? And it really kind of rung in my ears because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to release a hundred editions randomly on a platform when I haven't really even built my community. So I was like, bet, let me really build this community for three months. And when I think I've built it enough, I'm going to build it for one more month. And that's kind of what I did. You know, I didn't drop on any platforms. Uh, I did it on my own website, own contract, developer, everything. And it did really well, dude. It sold out in two days. And it kind of showed me that this blueprint that I was trying to achieve worked out. And that this entire thesis of me building, providing value for a long time, and then finally releasing something in order for people to actually purchase, it works, dude. And, and people will buy it just off of your relationship with them as a human being, you know, not even on the product, which was really, really, cha- you know, kind of mind blowing to me because that's a completely al- alternative thing that you you see in Web3 and not in Web2. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it's cool how like the whole the whole ethos of the space right now is still like very collaborative, very supportive, like everyone who's involved in it wants to onboard as many people as they can support as many people as they can. Um so yeah, I think I think that part of the space is really interesting. And like, it's cool how it goes like with networking, and then also with selling your work. Like if you find the people who you vibe with, like they are super willing to help you out and collaborate, or like buy your projects. Um, so that's cool. You what what uh, what communities were you active in? Like, where were you making these connections leading up to dropping Violet Token? The Yeah, so like, you know, everyone and their moms had a Discord at this point. Everyone was trying to make you join their Discord, you know what I mean? I'm sure you, you've experienced that as well. But I, you know, it gets very overwhelming easily, especially because I never used Twitter or Discord before this Web3 space. I had about like 45 followers on Twitter when I entered in December, and I just never even had Discord. So I definitely didn't want to make it overwhelming. So I told myself I'm only going to join three Discords. And I'm going to be super active in these three discords alone. So I joined, I remember the Sound XYZ Discord. I joined Music Machines Discord, which is an amazing project for musicians in the NFT space. And I joined, um, I believe it was the Min Songs Discord. You know what I mean? And I joined all three of those. And I was literally active every single day, every hour of every day. Any person that responded, I responded to them. You know what I mean? Um, and not only I responded to them, but I DM them on discord and was like, dude, I would love to talk. I would love to know more about what you're doing in the space. Can we hop on a quick 15 minute, 20 minute call? 
and just chop it up, you know, and those calls usually ended up being an hour long. And it was really dope, man. It was really cool meeting all these people. You know what I mean? In these three discords. And I made sure it was only three because if I added more, then I wouldn't really be active in in any of them. You know what I'm saying? But when you show up every day, that's when people start to notice you. And same thing for Twitter and Twitter spaces. You know, once you show up every day to something, that's when you start to foster the the relationship. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I started. And then I I joined Twitter spaces. I saw people were speaking and I was scared to speak. But I'm like, dude, let me just speak. You know what I mean? Let me just request. Anytime I felt that weird anxiety feeling of like, damn, I don't want to do this. I'm like, okay, I have to. And then I just started to host my own Twitter spaces because I saw that's how a lot of people were building. And just started doing that every single day um, for a while. And I still do it to this day. I'm about to do a Twitter space actually in a, in a three and a half hours today. So, Yeah, that's cool. It's sort of an inch. It's like a sort of a different approach, I think, than a lot of people take. Like a lot of people look for as many discords and communities as they can be in and, you know, will try to say as much as they can and, and make as many connections as possible. But, you know, then you hear all these people complaining about burnout and, you know, how they're all active all the time. Um, I think that's a smart way to do it, sort of just find a couple niche communities that you can really contribute to. I mean, it's not like you're ever going to run out of people you, between those three discords. You'll never run out of people to talk to. I mean, there's thousands of people in each of those, I'm sure. So it's not like you need to find that much bigger of a reach. I feel like, um, I've recently started trying to do something like that also, as I'm trying to like build this podcast and make some more connections and look for projects to contribute to. I've sort of started to hone in on, um song camp discord water and music um and then i'm going to try to start getting active in like zora and maybe like maybe one other but like it's sort of i think the same strategy like find a couple that you really can vibe with people and that's how you make the connections um so that's cool man i'm i'm, I'm happy it worked out like that so tell me about uh violet token like this is like i mean this is like everything to you in the space i'm sure so you know what is it Tell me about how you, you know, how it was organizing it, putting the contract together, like minting, like just run me through the whole thing. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the Violet token was 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 weird because I specifically for my Genesis NFT project, my first ever NFT project, I wanted to make sure that it had an impact in the space in some way, shape or form, whether it was small, medium, big, anything. I wanted to make sure it had an impact. And in order to do that, I felt like, I needed to do something that someone else hasn't or no one else has has done before in the NFT space. You know what I mean? So back then, a lot of people were dropping one of ones uh, for a high price point. You know, you see a lot of NFTs sell for like one of one for one Ethereum or 0.8 Ethereum for Ethereum sometimes. And it was crazy because I saw a lot of people start to be in this wild goose chase mentality where they were chasing these whale collectors these you know these wealthy collectors trying to pitch their music to them pitch their ideas to them and have them invest in, and buy that one of one but then in my head i'm like okay but how long are you going to do that for it say you do get that one eat sale say you do get that two eat sale are you going to just now go on to chase your next whale collector it isn't a sustainable model and I thought I really wanted to get the community involved and I wanted to do something cool with the NFT. So there was two things. So for the first thing to get the community involved, I kind of did a higher addition, but a lower price point type of approach. And I haven't really seen that be done by an artist back in around March, when I, or March, April, when I released this. Uh, many the people have done it, obviously, but I thought it was very important to do that specifically with music and 
with the artist NFT. So I ended up doing 70 editions at 0.05 Ethereum. But another thing that I really wanted to focus on with the Violet token is how do I create an experience and how do I build a world around what I'm trying to do? And that's kind of like the switch up I had in Web3. For the, for the four or five years I've been making music in Web2, music was always here. Music was always the main thing, the forward-facing thing. But now it still is because, you know, that's still my dream. That's my goal. But now it can, it can act as a branch to the entire brand and world that I'm building. Now we have the music. You know, now we have the underground Violet Rave. We have the Twitter spaces and all these things lay under this one thing that's over here. And, you know, for the Violet token, I wanted to create an experience so I did that in two ways. The the first way is if we hit the super goal, it was going to be the it was going to lead to the creation of the underground violet rave, which is basically like this in real life experience. Um, at the end of the day, it's just a lit ass rave, you know, that um, introduces and integrates Web three technology in there to kind of foster like a seductive onboarding experience to the local underground communities in the world. You know what I mean? For for wherever the rave is being held. So that was the one part of it. The second part is the ultraviolet experience. So one holder every year for the next three years basically is going to get selected randomly and then flown out to New York City. They're going to get their own hotel room. Um, they're going to, you know, we're going to book a studio session, rooftop dinner, and it's going to basically be like a day in the life with Violet. And it's all going to be documented. And I just thought it was very important for this specific project to to create an experience, create in a world um, where the holders can exist in. So it's not just an NFT that's, you know, stuck in there, like, you know, they're staring at, at it in their wallet. You know what I mean? It actually has some use case. And then, of course, like all the other utilities, like, you know, exclusive music, you know, uh, merge and, and like all that, you know, lazy utility is what I like to call that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> lazy utility. That's that's a good that's a good way of describing it. I feel like after sort of diving into the whole the whole ecosystem and like, look, you know, a lot of what I did when I started looking into everything was just I would find, you know, the next project that was minting or some project that's already, you know, kind of popular and, and research everything that they have going on. And after a couple of months, I'm like, every project is the same. You get a limited merch drop, you get like the next version of the NFT and you get like alpha in the discord. It's like they're all the same at the end of the day. So then after that, I started looking for projects that were like doing something different and sort of using the tech in a new way, which is sort of, I think, like basically the same mentality that you were looking for. Like, what can you do that's different and has it been done before? Um, so you sort of went the like world building, community focused, almost like Web3 fan club, but like not quite that, I feel like. Um, but that's interesting. I feel like how, how has the project been since you've started like I know a lot of people talk about one of the main benefits of web three is how you can have this sort of direct relationship with your fans there's no intermediaries there's no like like Spotify and DSPs always give you like shitty data on like who's listening to music you don't actually know who the individuals are and web three is like you know people always talk about you know exactly who's buying or listening to your music or supporting your project you know what their wallets are up to you can see all their on-chain activity like have you felt a more intimate connection with everyone who supported the project than you think you would have otherwise in web two, dude i think i think for sure you know what i mean i think a lot of if not almost all my collectors unless they want to remain you know unknown um i like to think that they're my friends at this point you know i have their numbers and we we talk we have conversations about life you know not just nfts or web three but every single person who's ever collected any of my nfts i try making it a point to just get on the phone with them. You know what I mean? And 
of course, one, to shower them with thank yous and just to say how thankful I am and appreciative I am for for like them just spending a dime on me. You know, that's it's absolutely insane. But then just to talk to them, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I asked them each one of my collectors, I asked them, why did you even buy my NFT? Like genuinely, you know what I'm saying? And I guess like since we're talking about the Violet token, I added a ton of utilities for that. But most of them if not all of them don't even know about everything they can get from the Violet token. You know what I mean? A lot of them don't know that they can cash in one ticket in order to get any cover art they want or any mixing and mastering done for them. But it's like, it shows me that I added a little too much utility because all of them said the same thing. And they said, yeah, the utilities were cool, dude. I, 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 I looked at it. It's dope. I get this. It's dope. But at the end of the day, I just bought it because I really like you as a human being. And I really believe in you and I believe in your vision. And that in itself was like crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like I've never gotten even a DM like that for the years I've been making music and for people to really care that much and just to buy it because they support me as a human is kind of crazy. And that happened for the Violet token. But then every single NFT collection I released after that, they said the same thing, every single collector. And I'm guessing this is just a general consensus of the collector and the the creative relationship throughout the entire space. You know what I mean? <clears throat> It's uh, we're, we're moving on to a new social dynamic. And a lot of people say like, damn, you know, more social media stuff like, you know, technology is advancing. This is going to be worse for humans. This is going to deteriorate our, our human nature. You know, people need to go outside more, connect more, you know. And although I do think it's important to go outside and connect with people in real life, which is why I'm doing the Underground Violet Rave. It's actually crazy how socials are developing now to foster more human connection you know, now we're transitioning into voice rather than just staring at pictures. From pictures, we went into video, which is TikTok. And now we're going into voice, which is why podcasts are being more popular, which is why Twitter spaces are so fire, because now we're actually talking human to human, voice to voice. We can recognize the tonalities. We can connect on a deeper level, which is why I think a lot of these things are working for me and a lot of other artists when they weren't working before in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's... uh it's I'm sure it feels good and is is very rewarding to see that all this work you've put in building all these relationships and, you know, helping other people out. And then, you know, you see all the reciprocity when your project sells out and everyone's saying they're doing it purely to support you. Um, it's it's cool. It's interesting. It's I mean, it almost makes you think a little bit about like the fandom of like you versus purely the music. I mean, there's so many. I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways to engage with music and NFTs. And it seems like what you're doing is way more geared on like the community and the connections with people, which I'm sure a lot of independent artists are looking for something like that. Um, but then there's also probably some that I'm sure there are some who want to focus way more on the music. And, and it seems like I mean, one way to be successful in this space is definitely to engage with people in other communities and, and build those connections. But I'm curious what you would think about like an independent artist who is, let's say, interested in Web3 and NFTs and has seen other people be successful, but is more interested in it as like a supplement to their music as opposed to... Uh, sort of both of them being a supplement to like their whole brand. Like I know a couple of bands who have expressed interest in web three, but they want to focus on their music. They barely like getting on social media to begin with. So I'm, I'm curious, like 
what your thoughts are or like maybe even advice for artists who don't want to dive in a hundred percent like you did like is there room in the space for artists to sort of find a way to use nfts as like a supplement to their music like it's just sort of a side project they're not always engaged in all these other communities i don't know what what are your what are your thoughts on that i'm sort of rambling on a little bit here no, I think you're. I think you're completely right on that fact. I think people need to still realize, and I I completely agree with you. I think that's how it should be. I think it shouldn't be a hundred percent thing, but it should be something that's a tool at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Just like TikTok is, just like Instagram Reels are, just like YouTube is, Twitch, everything. Web three is just a tool that artists can use, and I'm always gonna preach that because once you get too reliant on something, that's when it screws you over. Um, that's what happened to me on Instagram. I was very reliant on the algorithm because it was really doing me good. You know, back about three years ago, I was getting a lot of organic reach, a lot of comments. And I hate to tie things into these monetary value, numeric values, I should say. Like, you know, I was getting 100 comments per video and stuff. And Instagram changed its algorithm. And I'm getting, you know, half of that now when I tripled the amount of followers I had. You know, so it's like, really messed up and it and it screwed with my head because I was so reliant on Instagram. So now looking at things like Web3, I never want to be put in a position where I'm reliant on it. So it's very important to know that it's just a tool. Um, even though I said I went 100% in the space in December, I think what I meant by that is building a community is very important because community leads to longevity in whatever you're doing, right? Once you have people you know, which is a community, you know, that support you, support your vision, you can now do separate things with them. And honestly, I went 100% in Web3, but I would have went 100% in anything that I've seen a community start to develop in. So for example, say in December, I was building in Web3, but then I was also posting on TikTok every day. And then a TikTok video of mine blew up, got 5 million views, you know what I mean? And then now I have so many people flooding into my TikTok I honestly would have dropped Web3 and focused 100% on TikTok because that's where I saw the community start to grow. So it was just, I guess, my luck or like, I guess, the coincidence that I saw that develop in Web3 first before any anything else, any other outlet, which is why I was like, okay, now I need to double down on this because this is what's working. I need to continue on what's working. But still, to this day, like I just posted a TikTok video before this, before this call. You know what I mean? Because... Um, Anything that you can use to get your music and your vision out there, I feel like should be used. But at the end of the day, bro, it's a very hard balance. If not, it's the hardest balance. How do you balance building this community, using these tools, and actually not forgetting about making the making the actual music and perfecting your craft? I think that's something I'm still trying to figure out. I feel like a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's just so you know, there's so many ways to experiment. There's so many ways to engage with your community that yeah, sort of everyone is still figuring out exactly how to do that. Um, I, I, that's a good take though. Like if, if, if TikTok started blowing up, you know, you focus more on TikTok or if let's say you're making waves in web three, you focus more on web three. It's sort of just another tool where, you know, you put in what you get out a little bit and then, you know, wherever you find traction, that's where you follow. Like that's, what's going to push your career forward is, is building on the traction that you already have in getting heard in building this community and finding fans, um, as far as finding fans goes, like, did, did you have, like, have you onboarded fans to web three? Like with any of these, any NFT drops have you, that you've done, do you think it's been more like finding a web three community who now appreciates your music or have you had any fans who 
were already fans of the music and you sort of had to help onboard them to web three. And how do you, how do you see the balance there for, for artists who, I mean, let's say have their own small following outside of like web three and then want to get into it and onboard fans or find new fans. Like, what do you think about, uh, you know, where you find your supporters? Dude, it was very interesting because I, I had this conversation with, um, this amazing artist from Toronto named just John earlier today. And we were talking about this exact thing because you can have a following on web on web too, you know, whether that's on Instagram, you know, TikTok, whatever it may be. Right when you transition into the web three space, the whole community is completely different. So you cannot just come here and then drop something and expect it to sell out. Having people tr- transition from web two into web three, especially supporters of you is probably the most difficult thing. And I haven't seen it be done unless it was someone like Snoop Dogg uh, when he dropped on Sound XYZ or like Bobby Shimmerta when he did. It's a very, very difficult thing. And that's why when you see people like Chris Brown, who just recently dropped the NFT and less than 8% of his collection sold, you know, he dropped 10,000 pieces and he struggled to even mint 300 with having millions of followers across the board. And that's Chris Brown. You know what I mean? And it, it kind of shows that, yeah, dude, he dropped, I, I don't know the exact name of his NFT project, but I'm not sure even how many mints it's laying around right now. But it's like, you know, to sell less than, at that time, it was 7% two weeks into your project drop and have, having millions of followers. It really solidified that theory that it doesn't matter what you did before. When you come into Web3, and this is why it benefits a lot of indie artists, because a lot of people are like, damn, I don't have fans how can i come in to this nft space and be successful but dude i started on twitter with 40 followers you know what i mean this actually benefits the people who actually want to build relationships with the communities you know actually want want to be in the dirt and talk to people you know and and not just rely on things like hype and clout you know which a lot of people have been doing in web 2 and a lot of people have been finding success by doing that in web 2 but you know web 3 is beautiful because it goes back to the actual human being um, you need to spend time in the space. You need to spend time learning the community, learning the people in the community and actually supporting them, showing up for them. You can come in with 20,000 followers and drop NFT collection and zero will sell if you haven't been in the community and if you haven't been involved, which I think is um, I think is very important. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's crazy about, about Chris Brown. I didn't, I didn't know that. But yeah, it, it just goes to show that I guess the onboarding the onboarding of fans is a lot harder than just building your community in web three and like finding this people there who support your vision or support your music or support your projects. Like the people who are sort of already in it are definitely, I guess, easier to convert to fans than it is to convert fans from web two to web three, which is almost sad. It's like, I wish it was, I wish it maybe wasn't the other way around, but I wish there was more of a balance there. Because like, obviously, I don't know, Web3 sort of gets a bad look sometimes because of all these, like all the PFP projects from last year and all these scams you hear about, like, I think people just sort of have a bad taste in their mouth with it sometimes. But like, once you get in, like you realize that like, there's so much potential here and there's so much connection and there's so much like genuine support that, I don't know, I'm just hoping at some point uh, you know, the, there won't be as much of a hard bridge between web two and three. Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, on like the future of the space and how, how it'll develop with bringing people on board and user interface and, and, you know, all that stuff that'll 
help increase mass adoption? Yeah, dude, I think um, right now it's very, very hard to have people that are supporters of you and followers of you um, that are not in the Web3 space to to collect your NFTs. You know, even a lot of my friends in person, you know, want to collect my NFTs, but they just didn't because it's too hard. You know, the technology is not seamless enough for them to actually be onboarded into the space because they don't care enough. You know what I mean? And I think what is going to foster this mass onboarding that literally everyone is talking about, yo, wait till mass adoption, wait till mass adoption. And it's like, right now we're in a bear market, right? And I think it's beautiful because there's less people in the space, but the people that are actually in the space are really building tools that are going to be necessary for decades to come. In the last, ba- in, you know, in the last bear market, ERC-720 tokens were created DAOs were created. You know what I mean? It's like the most innovative technology is going to be created during the bear market so that when the bull run finally happens, whether that's a month from now, two years from now, the technology is going to be more advanced so that that seamless onboarding can happen. And it's going to get so seamless to a point where it's going to be as easy as posting on Instagram. Once it gets to that point, once it gets easy, you know, as easy as posting on Instagram as it is to collecting an NFT, that's when we're really going to see, you know, some real things happen. You know what I mean? And um, that's all going to depend on the tools that people build um, right now. Literally, people are building tools right now. That's been the theme of these past few weeks, you know, talking to a lot of developers who are building stuff. And it's cool, man. It, it's it's very hard to tell because this space is so new. A lot of the platforms that are viewed as up here right now are going to be nothing in a year. And I think the the companies that's Amazon when it was at $2.67 is is building right now, you know, for this to for this to happen in the future. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see. And honestly, all we can really do as artists is just adapt to whatever is, you know, brought to us. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it, you know, it's not a bear market, it's a build market, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what platforms sort of stick around. Like I know sound and like sound is big right now, catalog, um, in songs, but these are just like the early tools, you know, give it, you know, and, and the music NFT world is, is hardly two years old. So yeah, I, I guess all, all you can do as an artist and, and as just someone else who's involved in the space and like working on projects or collecting is just, you know, keep your head down and build and learn and make connections. And as these different platforms sort of fade in and out, as long as you have your foot in the next one, like as long as you sort of have, I think, a good view of where things are headed, which which as if you're engaged every day, it's not that hard to do. So I guess that it's, it's just a matter of staying involved and, and sort of riding the wave as, as things change. Um, we, we, I mentioned sound XYZ there. Uh, you did a drop on sound. Um, so how about you? I'd like to hear a little bit more about that drop and how it was releasing music on sound XYZ, which is um, a, a music NFT marketplace for, I think is the short way of describing it. Um, but if you want to talk a little bit more about what sound is and how people use it and, and how your drop went, that would, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, dude. Sound sound is very dope. Um I think it's dope at curating good music. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, it's looking to open it up because, you know, whenever anything's exclusive, it's going to bring on a lot of controversy in any space, not just for the NFT space, for music, just in the world. You know what I mean? And a lot of people can argue that it's this, it's that. But at the end of the day, um, 
you don't need these tools. You know what I mean? These tools are there to help you, but no one told you to use sound XYZ. You know what I'm saying? So for people to complain about things like that, it's just like, dude, you know, you have to do it yourself and you can't rely on any platform to do that, which is why I kind of did the Violet Token on my own website with my own contract so I can have leverage so that when someone like Min Songs or Catalog or Sound XYZ comes to me and is like, yo, I want you as an artist to drop on our platform. Now it's kind of like I have the leverage in that situation because I can say no and I can be completely fine with it. A lot of artists you see in the space rely on platforms like Sound.xyz to get a drop. And if they didn't have that name Sound tied to what they were doing, then it's questionable if they're going to even sell 25 NFTs, which is which is a position I don't want any artist to basically be in because now you're just back in that Web2 loop of relying on algorithms, relying on platforms. But, you know, I'm thankful that I was able to move in a way where I can leverage, you know, what I'm doing in my community for that sound drop. So when I got introduced and I got kind of got onboarded onto sound saying like, yo, you, if you want a sound drop, we can do it the next week. I'm like, totally. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? I can bring my community onto sound and build that name. And then I can get exposed to entirely new collector base. You know what I mean? So a lot of platforms that I've dealt with are limiting because they won't let you experiment but that's completely understandable because platforms are there to basically operate within their parameters. Experimentation should be done by yourself, but it's cool to experiment and then go on these platforms and use them to your advantage, you know, use them for what you want out of it. And for me in the sound drop, I wanted to, you know, get exposed to a new collector base basically. And um I think it I think it was cool, you know, I got a lot of new collectors that I've never really interacted with before. Um, Koopa Troopa collected one of them. So I got to, you know, message him and I met him at NFT NYC as well. So it's just really cool to make these new relationships. And I guess that's what I keep going back to. Like, it's just the relationships, you know, that is what's going to, you know, help you five years down the line. Not really how many NFTs you sold or or how much hype you have. Um, so it was a cool experience, dude. I think their their platform, their product is probably one of the best products on the market right now. I think the conversation of metadata needs to be held a lot more and and people need to be accountable for that, which is all platforms across the board, because a lot of people aren't focusing on metadata and how that affects the blockchain and, and discover, discover, I can't say that word, how easily you can discover an artist, discoverability. There we go. Discoverability, right. Wait, so 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 go more into that. What What is the issue with metadata? What, first of all, maybe define what metadata is for anyone who isn't really familiar and then wh what do you mean like it, metadata needs to be talked about more to help discoverability like sort of expand on that because even even I'm sort of questioning what exactly you mean but I'm I'm you know knowledgeable enough yeah dude so okay so definitely no one you know quote me on this or anything because I'm probably not the best person most experienced person or knowledgeable person to be talking about this but Recently, the underground, which is like what runs the underground Violet Rave that I'm creating, we just basically ha created a citizen developing team. So now I'm starting to get involved with a lot more developers because those are the people who are going to build the tools. And I have my guy Anish, Len, Muda, who are amazing people in the space and Afrideva. And, you know, we have these conversations about how platforms are not tagging the songs that they're that that they're minting on the blockchain within their platform. You know what I mean? So, for example, if you put a song, if you mint a song on said platform, you know, you type in your name, you know, your artist name, you type in the genre and you type in whatever. But there's a difference between those tags being on the web, being hosted on the website and it being hosted on the blockchain. 
You know what I mean? So now you can basically have the ability to tag stuff on the blockchain. So say you release a song, right? It's it's very weird because now imagine if there's a standardized metadata or there's a there's a yeah, basically a metadata standard across the board. That means every platform that you can mint music on makes you basically write your artist name, say the genre, the BPM, um the location of where you're from as an artist and all of that, right? If it was standardized across all everywhere, right? Now on the blockchain, you should be able to type in my name, Jaden Violet, and everywhere that I've minted an NFT, anywhere my song is on the blockchain, they should all pop up there. You know what I mean? And if that happens, what's the point of these platforms? Why do we even need these platforms? It kind of devalues the platforms. You know what I mean? Because now it's just your, you know, everything's on the blockchain and that's what the blockchain's for it's for data but a lot of platforms aren't basically storing this on the blockchain as metadata but they're storing it just on their website servers as things that are living on their website you know what i mean i'm probably not explaining it to the best of ability as as a lot of my friends can but i think i know you mean that way so yeah they don't publish as much of the metadata being tags of like artist name category genre bpm it's like I mean, metadata being the data about the data. It's like what what the statistics for the song are. So some of these platforms you're saying sort of are are hosting all this data internally so that you have to rely on the platform to find it and use it to like discover new music or find the artist that you like. And as opposed to if it was all minted on chain, then you can, I mean, I, I don't even know where, where do you, like, let's say it was all minted on chain, all the metadata is on chain and you can search like indie R and B artist from Detroit. Let's say you're from Detroit and that's what you want to find. Are there tools like to even search that if the metadata is on chain, like how would you even go about doing that? See, the thing is it's, there's no tools yet, but that's what the underground is trying to build. But that's what a lot of people are trying to build right now. You know what I'm saying? That's why Zora right now, which is powering a lot of these platforms, because Zora has that whole engineering behind everything, which is why Zora is going to win. But it's what they're trying to create. It's what you know a lot of people are trying to figure out, which is why we need the standardization of metadata. But at the end of the day, it's not the platform's fault, because of course, you have to look at it from their perspective as well. If you increase the fields that artists have to basically fill out while they're minting their NFT, it's going to discourage them. And that creates more roadblocks for onboarding when it comes to artists. So it's like there's pros and cons to the entire thing. You know, we don't know what the right thing to do is because this is all new. You know, everything is new, all of this. So um, it's just interesting. You know, it's just an interesting thing to really like, I guess, debate and look at and, and, and see where we should go from here. Yeah, only time will tell. I mean, hopefully it gets to the point where you can, you know, basically do that search that I just mentioned and it'll be a new way to discover music. Um, I feel like right now there isn't a lot of really discoverability in terms of Web3 music. Like, like I mean, I mean, like, I don't know, Spotify or Apple Music, like you can search genres, you can find playlists, there's Discover Weekly, there's all these algorithms. I feel like Web3 doesn't really have that sort of discoverability yet do you have any thoughts on like uh how that can develop and like if that'll be beneficial to artists or like do we need more discoverability or is it more about sort of crate digging a little bit and getting active in these communities and finding people that way 
No, nah, dude, I think I think it's the most important thing. I think we definitely do need more um avenues to discover new artists and just like you were saying before with that example like, you know, if I can search up, you know, electronic artists from New Jersey and now all the music that has been put on the blockchain that includes those tags pop up, that's completely mind-blowing. You know what I'm saying? That's really like that's insane. And even things are, you know, even on web two, that's really not happening. You know what I mean? Uh, Spotify is pretty good at discovering new music. You know what I mean? And suggesting new music to you based on what you're listening to. But to have everything minted on the blockchain provides a new avenue where you can implement tools of search, you know, you know, being able to search for these things, search for these tags and then have it pop up. I think the nearest thing that we see to that to this day is Bandcamp. You know what I mean? which is why a lot of DJs, local DJs, underground DJs use Bandcamp to discover new artists and dig for new music because Bandcamp has tags. You can, you know, tag by BPM, you can tag by location and really dig for music. And we haven't seen anything like that ever since then. So I think something like that is going to be created, whether it's by us, whether it's by someone else, doesn't matter at the end of the day because it's going to help artists. So, you know, I think that's going to be very important uh, for the for the upcoming year. I think that's going to really change shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, the potential is definitely there. And if, if done the right way, I think the discoverability with web three could be way better than it ever was in web two, because you have all the data, it's all publicly available. None of it's gate kept. Like, yeah, uh, if tools like that get built, it would be really cool to see how discoverability and like finding new artists changes like that. Um, Okay, another question I wanted to ask was uh, advice you would give to other independent artists who want to get into Web3. Like you started with finding a couple communities and being active really in there um, and making connections. Like, do you think that's the best path? Like, what advice would you give to an independent artist who is like, knows nothing about crypto and NFTs, but has heard of artists founding success and wants to get involved. Like where do they start? Where do they go from there? Yeah, dude, I think it's, um, I think it's for whatever you're trying to build, even if you're not an artist, if you're trying to build anything, especially in this web three NFT space, um, the main thing that you got to focus on is promote yourself as little as possible. And it's very ironic. And a lot of people are like, damn, that's kind of like backwards. Like, why would I do that? But it goes back to what I was explaining earlier about, one, first of all, you need to educate yourself about everything that's happening in the space and whether that's, you know, hopping on calls with people, reaching out to people. And since it's very, very early, people are more willing to help you. And that won't be the case two years from now because everyone's going to be comfortable. But, you know, right now everyone's early. So people are willing to help. So reach out to people, get on phone conversations with them, ask them the questions you think are dumb. Because if I go back to my earliest DMs, I asked some very, very basic questions that I could have just Googled. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, you know, definitely doing your research and educating yourself about everything in the space. But the second thing, you know, like I mentioned, don't promote yourself. You know what I mean? Keep providing value without expecting anything in return. And whatever you're trying to build, whether that's a music NFT project, whether that's a PFP project, people are organically and naturally just going to ask you about what you're trying to do. You know, if you continue to show up, if you continue to bring value say you're in a Twitter space and you know, this is your eighth time joining the Twitter space. And every time you come, you just provide value, you give insight. Eventually someone's going to be like, yo, Jaden, like you are, you're always coming here. What do you do? What are you working on? 
right when someone asks you, that's when your opportunity opens up to actually explain what it is that you do. And that's the most organic reach that you can possibly have because they're asking you, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how I've been operating for all these months. I'm not saying that's the right way to go about it. I'm just saying that's what worked for me and what I found to be the most beneficial and genuine um, when I when it comes to building relationships and, and getting what I want, want to get done. So yeah, I would just say those two things, educate yourself and then just provide value and don't expect anything in return. Because right when you have those expectations and everyone has it, it's human nature. Um, that's when you get disappointed, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. If you have the right mentality, you can definitely make a lot of connections and find those supporters and future collectors without really trying to do exactly that, um, which is which is uh, interesting. It's sort of it's kind of backwards, but uh, it works here, which is which is cool. Um, sort of related to the artist advice is uh, there's so many different ways to experiment and use music and NFTs together. Like there's what you're doing with like building community and sort of a future web three fan base. There's tokenizing records on sound or catalog or mint songs, which like I call them like digital vinyl. It's like just a collectible. Um, there's tokenizing royalty rights. There's, there's limited merch drops and limited utility drops. Um, You've sort of experimented with a couple of these. What do you think artists should think about in terms of all these different use cases? Like, should they focus in on one? Should they just do what feels right? Should they try to get their foot in as many as possible? Um, what was your mentality in like looking at all these different use cases? And what do you think other artists should think about in terms of what type of NFT drop to do? It's it's really weird, dude, because what I've realized in this space is that you can literally do anything. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it was this conversation I had with this dev that really made me realize that because I was telling him, I was like, dude, I want to do this thing with a Violet token and I want to have this and that. And then he was like, yo, it's not possible. And then I talked to this other dev and he's like, bro, if any dev tells you it's not possible, they're a bad dev because especially in Web3, anything is possible. You know what I mean? You can literally do anything. So of course, the one thing that I would say is do what you want to do the most, you know, don't look at anyone else, but what you're passionate about, what you see your vision going towards, just do that, you know, but at the end of the day, it's going to change. The first NFT that I ever wanted to do is completely different than the path that I'm heading down right now. Originally, I wanted to release 100 editions, 33 on Solana, 33 Ethereum and 33 on Polygon. You know, and I'm, I was so excited about it. I was like, dude, this is the cross chain NFT drop. No one has done this, blah, blah, blah. But then like, I was like, what's the purpose of this whole thing, right? So my purpose started to change, right? After I did the Violet token, I, I hosted the rave in Brooklyn and I realized that IRL events are very, very important, you know? And I think that's gonna be the future. And I think that's gonna have the most impact. So now I'm kind of gearing towards doing an NFT drop that is a visual NFT, not even a music NFT, but it's because the purpose kind of changed. Not to say that I'm ditching music, I'm still, that's still the goal, the main dream, but now I'm thinking about doing a NFT that tokenizes IRL events or gives people to or gives people access to IRL events. So I would say that it's always changing. Um, but doing what's most important to you and your vision at the time is going to be your best bet. You know, everyone has their own paths, and people have a hard time, you know, focusing on their own and being tunnel vision, including myself at, at many points in, in in the year. So yeah, I that's that's basically what I would say to that man. Yeah, that's uh, it's good advice. I think sort of 
things will change a lot, especially as you get more into it. And I think get a better grasp of what the tech is and how people can use it. You sort of get new ideas and make sense just to sort of follow where your head and your heart is at. Um, and just, I guess, experiment wherever you feel is the right way. Um, I sort of, I mean, I resonate with that a lot as I, as I started learning more and becoming more comfortable with like what all these different projects are doing and how people are using technology. I got a lot of new ideas that I had never thought about before in terms of how you can use NFTs for live events or music venues or, uh, you know, going to concerts or creating like community around going to shows and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, I get what you're talking about for sure. Um, as far as live events go, you have one coming up in DC this weekend where I'm located. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be around, but, uh, as we're wrapping up here, I'll give you a chance to sort of plug that event and, and maybe talk about anything else you have coming up. What's in the works, uh, you know, where, where are you headed in music in NFTs in events? Um, you know, I'll give you a chance to sort of talk about what you've got going on. Hell yeah, dude. I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you for, for doing this um, question and answer type of vibe. It was really, really cool. Um, beautiful questions. You already know the vibes, man. And, you know, what I'm really envisioning with the UVR is like, you know, I was explaining before a little bit about what it is, but it's really platforming the underground music scene and wherever we are actually holding the UVR. So the original one was in Brooklyn. So we got a couple dope DJs from the underground Brooklyn scene. We got Worldwide Web. We got Baby Oil Pimp. We got this crazy visual artist from Live Name, also known as Rocks, also from Brooklyn. So I think the entire point of the rave is to platform these underground artists that are very talented, but then seductive, seductively introduce Web3 integration into these events. You know what I mean? So it's not going to be labeled as an NFT event or anything, but it's just going to be, you know, like I was saying before, a lit ass rave with Web3, you know, kind of peeking in here and there so the next one we're having is going to be actually in virginia uh not in dc because it got switched but uh yeah manassas virginia and my basically dream for this uvr thing is if you heard of ted talks or tedx it's basically going to be uvrx so we're going to be taking this basically as anywhere we can leverage local communities so we have this one in virginia we're going to go back to new york then we're going to go to ohio uh chicago LA and Art Basel Miami at the at the end of the week and then hopefully London in November that's still in the works but you know just to have different activations everywhere you know platform the local underground and just onboard people into web3 you know so that's really where I'm at with it I just released the EP as well uh so obviously you know focusing on music releasing more music and uh doing more shows but other than that yeah it's lit man just being in this space making relationships with people and um, I'm just appreciative of, you know, being alive during this time. It's it's very special. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, hopefully I can catch you at, at, I think I'll be at Art Basel in a couple months. So maybe I'll catch you down there. Um, bummed I can't make it this weekend. But that's cool, man. It, it, you're doing some, you're doing some fun stuff. And it definitely is important seeing guys like you sort of pave their way in this space. And uh, again, I really appreciate you being on. Um, I'll link all your socials and stuff in the description once I release all this so people can find you. Um, but, you know, again, I really appreciate you coming on. I think this was, I mean, I definitely learned a lot and it's cool hearing the perspective of people who are really paving their way, their own way here. Uh, so thanks again. No, dude, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
And yeah, man, let me know if you ever need any help in the future. I think this is really dope. This is the start of something beautiful. You know what I mean? I never used Riverside, but hey, first time for everything. So <laughs> it's lit, man. But yeah, dude, have a have a beautiful day for real. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check the links in the description to find and support Jaden and his music. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on social media at the Web3 Music Pod on all platforms. And tune in next week to hear a conversation with Lada Day from EQ Exchange, a music NFT marketplace focused on onboarding and helping independent artists.